my sons have learned what clickbait is on the internet. Basically, there is some kind of advertisement on the internet when you're surfing the web that's bait. And you think it's one thing, you click on it, and it becomes something else. Uh, for example, one of the headlines says, The 10 Things You Need to Do to Master Minecraft. So my children love to play the game Minecraft, and if you want to be better at Minecraft, then you'd be tempted to click on that. And when you click on it, then you are expecting 10 things to learn about Minecraft, and they might be in there, but what you're going to end up doing is clicking through about 20 ads to get through the 10 things about Minecraft that you probably already knew. Uh, other headlines are things like this, like the 10 things you didn't know about your favorite team. Well, I know that my favorite team, Duke, lost last night pretty bad to their arch rival, so I don't need to know what the other nine things are. Or the 50 pictures that you'll never believe were not photoshopped. And so I'm guessing you've seen lots of these ads online. If you want to drop that in the chat right now, one of the funniest ones that you, you've ever seen. But basically, again, they want you to click on something that's bait because they want to shift you to do something else. It's like a, a bait and switch kind of a, a, a scam. So basically, you're looking for one thing, but you end up, with something else. It's an advertisement. Sometimes it might be even they're downloading malware software onto your computer to mess your computer up. So click bait. Well, some people say that the good news of Jesus, the gospel, is ultimately like clickbait or a bait and switch, that uh, pastors and other Christians talk all about Jesus and the great things that he does and life to the full and life everlasting. And if you follow Jesus, your life's going to be wonderful. And then people choose to follow Jesus, and they're confused or upset or angry when they find out that following Jesus uh, doesn't solve all their problems, that they still have issues at work or challenges at school or still get sick and their loved ones die. Sometimes they get their heart broken, and, and we hear the message of Jesus and the good news and that we're going to live life to the full, but yet all this bad stuff still happens, and so why is that? Is this a clickbait thing? Is this a bait and switch? We promise a, a great life and then, whoa, wait a second, I've still got problems in my life. What's going on with that? So maybe you've thought about that. Maybe you've heard the good news of Jesus. You want to live life to the full. You want to be freed from some things that have bound you. And, and at the same time, you find out that life's still tough and life's still hard and you still suffer and bad things still happen to you. And why is that? And if that's the case, then why follow Jesus at all? Well, if you've ever thought that, and it's okay if you do, I've wrestled with that myself, and then you're in the right place today because we're going to talk about what that looks like, what that means, and why even though we follow Jesus, there's still things in our lives that are uncomfortable. While we follow the cross, there's still things that, that are hard and, and we deal with. And one reason is because we live in a world that is broken and has sin inside of it, going against God and guilt and shame, and so... That, that is in our, in our world, and at the same time, the kingdom of God is in the world as well. The good things that Jesus brought in, and the joy, and the peace, and the love, and the forgiveness, and, uh, and life to the full, and, and having a purpose and meaning. And so we're kind of living in this tension of the, the kingdom is with us in part, and at the same time, the world is still broken. The world that doesn't know Jesus, and, and doesn't have a relationship with God, and so we're we're still in that mess together. And one day Jesus is going to come back and, and, and bring in the full kingdom. In the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, it says that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Our earth will be remade and things will be perfect. And we won't have the sickness and the suffering and the challenges and the anxiety and the worry. But in the meantime, we're kind of living in with a foot in, in either world, right? The kingdom of God and, 
and the world that has brokenness in it. And so we still will get sick. We still will have our hearts broken. We still will come into trouble. And one very real thing is that in the, in the broken world uh, side of things is that evil is real. And evil is, is something that we're going to have to deal with. And, and when evil sees that we're on the side of goodness, then it's going to attack us. And so the Bible talks a lot about spiritual warfare, that we who follow Jesus have to be ready. Because there are going to be forces of evil and wickedness in the world that they don't want us to be happy, don't want us to be in a relationship with Christ. And so even in this world, as followers of Jesus, we will still have trouble. And so if you've ever wondered, why is my life not perfect yet, then... then you're, you're not alone, and there's nothing wrong with you. It's just we're in this battle of good and evil and, and the kingdom of God and, and, and a world that's broken that we have to deal with. And even in the midst of that, there's things in our lives that we still need to surrender. And we're going to look at that today in a challenging passage of Scripture that talks about this Jesus that we follow. And if we follow Jesus, we want to be like Jesus. There's some hard parts of Jesus' life that we're going to also have to wrestle with in our own lives. And so uh, today we're going to think about what that looks like, why there's still discomfort in our lives, why there, we can be uncomfortable as followers of Jesus in this broken world. And so today we're going to start in the Bible, in the New Testament, in the Gospel of Luke. Luke was a follower of Jesus in the first century, and in the Gospel, Gospel means good news of Jesus. He kind of recounts Jesus' life and teaching and all that good stuff. And today we're going to read a passage that Jesus says to us directly. And on the surface, and even once we understand it, it's a challenging passage of Scripture. But I think we can handle it, and so let's dive in that together, and let's, let's take our time as we look at Luke's gospel. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Then Jesus said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple, who wants to follow me, must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Let's talk about what this means. If we want to follow Jesus, be a, a disciple of Jesus, that means that we must deny ourselves and take up our cross daily and follow me. If you remember, the cross was a painful instrument of death, right? And so Jesus is saying here, there's a lot of good stuff to follow me, but, but he's not baiting and switching us. He's saying, if you're going to follow me, there's going to be some challenges. There's going to be some difficult things, right? Just the image of the cross itself is, is powerful. And so he says, deny yourselves. What does it mean to deny yourself? I think an easiest way to kind of put our, our head around this, it means that we deny our agenda, and we try to follow God, right? So our agenda, we deny our agenda. We deny the worldly agenda around us. And instead, we want to follow Jesus. So deny yourself, deny your own agenda, and take up your cross daily. Every day we have to choose to follow Jesus, right? And it means to take up our cross. Does that mean that we're literally going to be crucified? Probably not in 21st century America. But some of Jesus' followers were. Some of the early Christians were. All throughout history in, the, in, in 2,000 years of Christianity, there have been millions of people who have lost their life in following Jesus to take up their cross and to follow him. But I think more for us today in 21st century America, it comes more into right, surrendering, denying ourselves our agenda, and instead seeking Christ's agenda. Let's keep going and see what he says next. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. Again, some of these disciples right, gave their very lives because of their faith. They followed Jesus when it was against the law, when it was against the rules. And they lost their lives, their physical lives, but they found their spiritual lives. 
and they live forever with God in heaven. And they're going to be in the new heaven and the new earth. And so, right, that's a challenge. If you want to save your life, you lose it, right? We have to lose our agenda and replace that with God's agenda, right? Whoever loses their life, when we lose our agenda, right, we will be saved through that. Jesus saves us in that. And so that's powerful. And, and again, I think, you know, some, some people in the world have been martyred, right? They've been witnesses. It, it's killed. They've lost their lives for Jesus. I know that there's a member of our church who travels uh, in, around the world for his business, and sometimes he goes into countries where Christianity is against the law. And he's, he said to me sometimes, Pastor Kyle, I carry my Bible into these countries, and if I get caught with that, then I'm going to go to prison. And I might not make it back, but I just feel convicted to carry my Bible with me, right? Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever wants to lose their life for me will save it, right? Sometimes we have to be uncomfortable and surrender what we want, seeking what God wants. All right, let's see what next. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Let's keep going. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man, that's a title for Jesus, will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. Let's leave this up for a second. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, I will be ashamed of them when I come in glory in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels at the end of time when Jesus comes back uh, to judge all of the world. Right? And so I think really... In 21st century America, as we deny ourselves, we take up our cross, we deny our agenda, and we follow Jesus. Again, I don't think for many of us it's like risking our lives. I'm not scared today that in Charlotte, North Carolina, the police are going to come in and arrest and kill me and all those who are here worshiping God. Where you're watching from your living rooms today and worshiping God, probably not fearful that that somebody's going to come in and arrest you and kill you for following Jesus. I think... For us to deny ourselves and to carry our cross, it's more social, right? It's more of a social pressure that we stand up against peer pressure, right? The broken world says you need to live your life this way, and God says you need to live your life this way. And the question is, which way are we going to turn? For example, in our culture, right, you turn on the television, you turn on the Internet, there's tons of pressure and expectations to have sex outside of marriage, Tons of expectations to, to, to lift up drunkenness is something that we really want to aspire to or, or to do drugs or to cheat on our spouse or cheat on our taxes or cheat at school or, or to get heavily involved in gossip. And, uh, you know, one conversation that we have in my household as we think about these things is, you know, what, what kind of television shows do you think Jesus would want us to watch? What kind of movies do you think Christ would want us to watch? To my sons who are 9 and 13, what kind of video games do you think Jesus would want you to play? But, but hey, Dad, you know, everybody else is playing this or going to see this or watching this. And if, if we go and, and say no to that, then, you know, we're going to be made fun of, right? But again, whoever is ashamed of me and my words, I will be ashamed of them when I come in glory, right? And so it's challenging to do the right thing. It's challenging to, to follow Jesus when we face peer pressure. And again, we're, we're probably not worried about being martyrs. Um, but we, we're worried about social pressure, right? When, when people are gathering at the, at the water cooler, if there's still water coolers, right, at the workplace or in the neighborhood about, and they're gossiping and just ripping people, you know, sh- to shreds behind their backs, there's an expectation that you're going to be there to talk about that too. And if you don't show up, then probably going to start talking about you, right? So this, this pressure to conform to the broken world, or do we stand up and do what God calls us to do and surrender our agenda, 
And so we see this pressure in our lives. Uh, and sometimes it, it's simply about who we choose to be around, right? God wants us not to discriminate, to, to love everyone. And so sometimes God wants us to be around people that we might not like. God wants us to be around people who have more money than us and intimidate us or have less money than us and intimidate us or, or live in a bad part of town, right? Or someone who is unpopular at school and everybody makes fun of and, and we feel something in our heart convicted that we should befriend them. But if we befriend them, then we might become made fun of and be unpopular. And so... Right? When we follow Jesus, sometimes it makes us feel uncomfortable because we're going against the status quo. We're going against the popular choices. I think sometimes that we can be uncomfortable following Jesus and surrendering our agenda when it comes to money. Right? Money is precious to all of us. and it's, it's what we have to live a life and get the things that we want for ourselves and for our families. And, and there's godly ways to spend our money, and there's ungodly ways to spend our money. And I know that, you know, sometimes we might think, I just, I'm ready to, you know, upgrade my house, do this big remodel. I've been waiting to do that. But, man, the church is building a brand-new building, and we need to build this new space for Christ. Man, that's going to put a crimp in my lifestyle. Right? That, that's also a conversation that we have in, in my own household about you know, how we give to God sacrificially. And if, if we didn't do that, we could live in a nicer house and we could have uh, better vacations and go to different places. And, and the kids could have more of the stuff that the, their friends have and that we don't have. And we talk about how that, that's a hard choice. Right, that we have to make sacrifices. If, if we believe that we follow Jesus, we also surrender our financial agendas for God's financial agenda that we want to give to the church. And we want to give to people who are hungry and, and who don't have clothes and, and who are around the world who don't have a relationship with Jesus. And so right, sometimes God calls us to surrender our financial agendas. Sometimes God asks us to put ourselves in some difficult situations. Maybe we're in the corporate boardroom and people are talking about uh, the bottom line and, and how we get there and that we're going to have to see people out in the world as our customers as a means to an end and we don't really care about them. And, and maybe God calls us to that situation to say, you know what, we need to speak about mercy and we need to speak about grace in the corporate boardroom. And that's a challenging situation to be in. Or maybe God is calling us to go to a, 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 a tough part of the city to go and, and feed people who are hungry or to go into a, a rough school and, and tutor someone who needs to be tutored all because Jesus calls us to, to help others. Right? And so God puts us in some of these difficult situations that, that to go visit someone who's sick, uh, to be in, in contact with someone who's in prison. Right? To, to be kind to someone who is our enemy at work or at school who's just really mean and God calls us to love them with our actions. Right? God asks us to surrender our agendas for God. And so a lot of times that means we have to step out of our comfort zone. Because of the cross, we are put into uncomfortable situations. Uh, and I think you know, there are a lot of obstacles to that. Right? There's materialism, there's the drive for success, there's the drive for financial security, there's wanting to be popular and not being, uh, going against peer pressure. So there's a lot of stuff from the broken world that tries to take us away from following God's will, surrendering our agenda, right? stepping out of our comfort zone, right? going maybe to another, even another country that's developing and, and to, 
take the gospel there. We have a, a great relationship in Haiti. And so uh, when people go there, sometimes we're, we're nervous and we're scared. It's going to be an uncomfortable situation. But when we get there, we find that, wow, this is, this is a home for us as well. But God calls us to surrender our agenda for God's agenda. And I think one thing that really... In our, in our culture, 21st century America, that kind of gets in the way of ourselves denying ourselves, right, is, is the commercial world says, you don't need to deny yourself. Get whatever you want, right? If you can't afford it, charge it. Pay for it later, right? So it's get, get, get whatever you want. Yeah, you can have whatever you want now, right, immediately. That, that's a big thing that challenges us. And I think one thing that also challenges us is actually that we want to have such a comfortable lifestyle. Because I think we all do. We want to have a house, and we want to have food, and we want to have uh, clothing, and we want to have fun stuff to do. We want good schools for our children to go into. We want a big, fluffy, warm bed, and we want to have heat when it's cold and air conditioning when it's uh, hot. And we want to be comfortable. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? We, we want to be comfortable. But the challenge is sometimes we become so comfortable that we become insulated from the people who are around us in our community, in our world, who are not comfortable, who are broken, and who don't have enough food, and who don't have good school systems, who don't have computers to do remote learning from, who, who don't have a home to live in, right? Who, who have all these challenges, but, but we're so comfortable inside of our insulated shell that we don't want to see outside of that shell because we'll see discomfort around us and we'll feel guilty about that. And we're going we're gonna to feel that we need to get out and do something about that. So sometimes comfort is our enemy because it insulates us from helping God's people who are far from comfortable. Right? And so following Jesus in a broken world can make us feel uncomfortable. But really it's, it's what comes with the territory. And again, Jesus is not like a bait and switch guy. Like... He says, I came to give you life to the full, and he means that. I came to give you life eternal, and he means that. But in this world, we're still going to have trouble, and we're going to have to deny ourselves, and we're going to have to take up our own cross and follow Jesus daily. Now, you think about that. If you were to want to follow LeBron James and be like LeBron James, this great basketball player for the Los Angeles Lakers, if you wanted to follow him, then you're going to know that you're going to have to carry around a basketball with you. And you're going to have to do a lot of running. You have to study basketball, right? That, if you're going to be like LeBron James and follow him, right, that comes with the territory, right? If, if you want to follow like Cole Bryant, our awesome uh, uh, leader of modern worship, and, and, and be like Cole, then you're going to have to spend some time singing and listening to music and learning how to, to lead others in, in music and and. And I mean, if you're going to follow someone like Cole, you know what to expect. There's going to be a lot of music, a lot of songs in your life, a lot of practice, all that kind of stuff, right? So if we follow Jesus, then we shouldn't be uh, surprised that it's going gonna, it's gonna to involve some discomfort and making us uncomfortable because what's Jesus known for? Right? He carried the cross, right? He sacrificed his life. He left heaven to come to the earth. He allowed himself to be tortured and to be killed, and, and he carried that cross, right? If we're going to follow Jesus, then we're going to have life to the full. We're going to have life eternal, but we're going to have challenges because we represent the goodness of God in a world that is broken, in a world that still has evil. And so we follow Jesus. We should not be surprised that we are asked to be uncomfortable, right? Because Jesus carried a cross. He didn't carry a pillow, right? Jesus carried a cross, 
And so when we follow Jesus, we have to expect that there's going to be some uncomfortable situations in our lives, and that's okay. We're not alone. God walks with us, and that means that we're on the right track. We're on the right pace. And so maybe a question to ask yourself is, how uncomfortable do I feel on a daily basis for Jesus? How uncomfortable do I feel because I'm a follower of Jesus? I'm living out my faith, and some of the brokenness in the world is resisting that. Right? If, if people were to look at you compared to a, a, a someone who doesn't follow Jesus, would they see that there's a difference there? Or are we chameleons and we're blending in with our world, right? camouflaging our faith and not stepping out and denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following Jesus, right? If we're not feeling uncomfortable for our faith, if we don't stand out from the crowd around us, then there's probably room for us to grow in our relationship with God, and that's okay. It's hard to be uncomfortable. It's hard to be, but if we follow Jesus, we have to expect that. With the good things come the challenges. So how uncomfortable are you because of your faith? How different are you from the world that you live in that people see that there's something different about you and that something different is this God that we serve who we know as Jesus the Christ. How uncomfortable are you for God? Are you willing to deny your own agenda and substitute God's agenda instead? Now, one way that we as followers of Jesus can overreact, right, to to, to to counterbalance this feeling uncomfortable is sometimes we just, we gravitate towards other followers of Jesus. We want to be around other people who follow Jesus. And that's good because we believe some of the same things. We can have each other to, to, to like go through life together and we can, we can have each other's backs. And, and, and the more that we're around Christians, the more we're probably not going to feel as uncomfortable because they believe what we believe and they act like we act. And so when we follow Jesus, we're not going against their peer pressure because we're kind of of the same mind. And it's good to have other followers that we can support each other and give each other strength and encouragement. And that's one reason that we have the church is we come together. We have something in common. We follow Jesus. We, we serve together. We read the Bible together. We, we go to Sunday school in our small groups together. We worship together. We serve together. And all that gives us strength and a support system. But the challenge is sometimes we can take that too far and we can create a Christian bubble. And so that within that bubble, we want to be so comfortable in that bubble, we don't want to be made to feel uncomfortable like going against the world. We can isolate ourselves, and now we no longer are interacting on any deep level with someone who doesn't know God. And that's not what God wants, right? God definitely wants Christians to support Christians and churches to be together, but God doesn't want us to live in a bubble that's separated from the world from people who don't know Jesus. So let's keep going back in the Bible now. We're going to shift Gospels. We're going to move from Luke to John. John was one of the 12 disciples. And he has this really cool prayer that Jesus prayed right before he's getting ready to be killed and all that stuff that he's going to go through, right? The passion of Christ, the death of Christ, and the torture and all that. And he's praying to God. And in this part of the prayer, he's praying for his disciples. He has a specific prayer for his disciples at the time, but I think it also is applicable for those of us who are his disciples now in the 21st century. And let's see what Jesus teaches us about living in the world that is in one part the kingdom and in one part brokenness. So let's check this out in John's Gospel. 
Jesus says, I am coming to you now, Father in heaven, right, getting ready to die. But I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them, right? The disciples of Jesus may have joy, right? Even though we're uncomfortable, we have joy in our lives, right? Let's keep going. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. Remember, right? We have the word of God. The world is, is broken, and it rebels against the goodness of God, right? The evil in the world rebels against the goodness of God. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world, right? Even though we're born in this world, we follow Jesus, we're living in the kingdom of God. Right? My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, not that you take them out of the sinful, broken world. You need to leave them there because they have something to do. But that you protect them from the evil one, right? Protect them from the devil, the evil that's going on in the world. But don't take them out of the world, right? They are not of the world even as I am not of it. Sanctify them. That means make them holy by the truth. Your word is the truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. As you have sent me, Jesus, into the world, I have sent them, the disciples, into the world. And I think that is applicable to you and me today, too. Jesus is sending us into the world, the broken world that rejects us and wants to kill us and wants to stand up to us and wants to make fun of us and wants to mock us and wants us to do our agenda and the world's agenda against God. Jesus says, I went there I want you to go into the world, right? We've probably heard the phrase, we're in the world, but we're not of the world, right? We are of the kingdom of God, but we're placed in the broken world. Jesus takes it to a new level. He's like, yeah, gather together with other Christians, right? Be comforted with one another, but don't stay there. You got to get out into the world where people are broken and they're going to resist you and they're going to make your life challenging at school and at work and in your neighborhoods and in the cul-de-sacs, right? In your city. Right, wherever you go, I want you to go where people don't know who I am. Jesus is saying to us, right, while we have joy and we have peace and we have life to the full, that he wants us to get out of our comfort zones and to go and to reach people for him that are in our circles, right? And again, that could be your street. That could be your school. That could be your place of business. That could be a restaurant. That could be the boardroom. Right? Jesus calls us to surrender our agenda for his agenda and to seek to do the good for those that we come into contact with. So what? What's the point? What's the big idea? What's the takeaway today? What, what's God teaching us, right? Because of the cross, we're uncomfortable. This is what I think it is, right? Because of the cross, there is comfort in our discomfort, right? When we're not comfortable for Jesus, when we, we face discomfort, when we're uncomfortable, even in the midst of that, we can be comforted by Christ. Because of the cross... There is comfort in our discomfort. Transparency right here, right? Sometimes I will ask my wife, Laura, why is it so hard to be a follower of Jesus? Leading our family, trying to be good neighbors, leading a church, right? Because it can be challenging. Why is it so hard to be followers of Jesus in the world? And she's like, because it's worthwhile, Right? Things that are worthwhile are difficult. And so when we follow Jesus and try to do the right thing and we meet the resistance of the world and, and our friends and sometimes even our family, it's because we're doing the right thing. 
right? We're, we're doing something that's amazing. We're doing something with the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's going to be hard, and it's going to be challenging, right? Because of the cross, there's comfort in our discomfort. If we are uncomfortable because of our faith, guess what? You're doing the right thing. You're on the right path. You're making a difference. If you're facing resistance because you're trying to do something good for God, then keep going, Right? Don't give in. Don't give up. You're, 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 on the, you're on the verge of making a breakthrough. Right? This is where a lot of us give up. It's like, oh, it's too hard to be a follower of Jesus. It's too hard to be a Christian. It's too hard to, to lead my children in the right way. It's too hard to be a, 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 a Christian at work. It's too hard. Right? Right? You're at the threshold. Right? If you feel uncomfortable, if you feel discomfort, you're on the right track if you're doing this following the cross and what Jesus asked you to do. The other thing is, right, we find comfort in this because we feel closer to Christ. We feel more solidarity, right? If you want to know somebody who went through hell, right, to bring goodness into the world, it's Jesus, right? He left heaven to come to the earth. Can you imagine leaving heaven to come to the broken earth? He became a human, physical, fragile person while still remaining God. He allowed himself to be tortured and killed, nailed to a cross, right, Right? When we are going through uncomfortable times and we can say, Jesus, I don't know what it's like to be crucified. I don't know what it's like to leave heaven, but this is hard. And Jesus, I feel closer to you. I identify more with you. Right? Have you ever been in a difficult circumstance with somebody else, how it bonds you together? Like if you're an athlete and, and your coach is really mad at you and makes you run like 10 miles in practice and you're about to throw up and puke your guts out. And afterwards, like you and your buddies who've been through this, like you're close together. You are tight together, right? That's how it is with Jesus. Like when we go through hard times and challenges because of our faith, we can say, man, I better understand you, Jesus. I better see you. I, I, I feel closer to you that, that I'm not in this by myself, that we're in this together. Right? Another place that we find comfort in our discomfort is in those uncomfortable circumstances. Some of the... the, the the most depth and, and spiritual growth in my life have happened in these uncomfortable circumstances, right? To sit with someone who's lost a loved one to death or to suicide, right? That, that's an uncomfortable place to be. But, man, you see God go to work in those, in those circumstances, man, it's, it's, just, it's humbling to see how God can use you in, in a situation like that. Right? When we are in, in, in mission right? in, in Charlotte or in Haiti and, and we're in these tough situations, right? how it brings people closer together, how it brings us closer to God, right? in these uncomfortable circumstances comes comfort. And the more that I surrender my agenda and open myself to God's agenda, right? I want to step away from the worldly thing and the worldly desires. Right? The more I allow the Holy Spirit to move within me, then, then I feel less uncomfortable. Right? I, I want to do more things like God calls me to do. And I want to do less of what the world does because the things that God calls me to are ultimately more satisfying. I want to, I want to be in healthy relationships. I don't want to be addicted to smoking or pornography or, or, or drugs, right? You stay away from stuff like that. You're going to live a better life, and, and God knows what he's doing. I want to, I want to be in, in relationship with people who are like me and people who are different than me. I've met so many people that I would have never even tried to enter a relationship with unless God called me out of my comfort zone and said, Kyle, I need you to have a conversation with this person. And I'm so glad that I did. I'm so glad that I surrendered, right? Because of the cross, we find comfort in our discomfort. 
How uncomfortable are you for your faith? How uncomfortable are you willing to be uh, for God? Maybe it's standing up to peer pressure. Maybe it's quitting your job and going with the ministry that God calls you to do. I don't know what that is. I'm not telling you to quit your job. I'm just saying if God is taking you out of your comfort zone, it's for a reason. And we, need to, we need to pray about that and talk to other Christians before we make a big leap like that and make sure that we have some confirmation and affirmation. Right? But if God's calling to step out of our comfort zone, I think that's something that we want to pay very close attention to. So what do we do about that? What's the application? What is something that we can do? I'm, just, I'm going to keep it simple, and I'm going to go back to exactly what Jesus said to us in the Gospel of Luke today. Deny yourself... Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Right? Deny your agenda. Lord, I surrender my agenda. I am going to take up my cross. I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm going I'm to go where you send me to go. I'm going to do what you ask me to do. I'm going to follow you. Right? In, in, in Luke, Jesus says to do this every day, right? which I would encourage you to do. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. Try to do that every day. But let's, let's just pick one thing this week. This is what I would challenge you to do, is, is to have a personal talk to God to say, God, I really want to give this a try. I want to do what Jesus said to do in Luke's gospel. I want to surrender my agenda, and I want to, I want to do what you want me to do. And God, if, that, if you want me to do something that takes me out of my comfort zone, Lord, give me the strength to do that. Give me the courage to be able to do that. I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to receive life to the full, and I know that I don't earn that. Right? Jesus, you did that for me on the cross. This is, we, don't, we don't earn our way back to you by doing things, right? But because I love you, because you live in my life, I want to follow you. So help me surrender, right? So I just invite you this week to say to God, give me one circumstance, God, that I'm going to give up my agenda. I'm going to follow your agenda, even if it takes me out of my comfort zone, right? And see what happens. Now, if you pray that, be careful because God's going to put something on your plate. God's going to put something in your lap. Maybe it's going to be in the boardroom that you're going to stand up and say, all right, we've got to cut this unethical stuff out. We've got to, we got to, we got to do grace and mercy through our, our company. All right, maybe you're at school, and maybe God's going to say to you, I want you to go to the unpopular kid, and I want you to, to be nice to them, to, to befriend them, and, and stand up to people who are bullying them. Right? Maybe it's the way that you spend your money. Maybe it's the way that you spend your time. Maybe it's the people that you spend your time with. But if you say, God, I want to follow you. I want to deny my agenda. I want to know what your agenda is. Lord, use me. Even if it makes me uncomfortable, then give it a shot. Give it a shot. Because in that, I think God's with you. In that, I think you will grow closer to God. In that, I think you will be a blessing to others, right? Jesus said, you know, don't hide yourself from the world. I'm sending you into the world. I understand the world's tough. They killed me, right? I'm sending you out there because you can make a difference in the life of someone. Right? Because of the cross, there is comfort in discomfort, right? So deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. And today we're going to commemorate that. And we're, we're going we're gonna to celebrate what Jesus did for us on the cross, we know this as Holy Communion. And we know that Jesus with his disciples for the very last time, he took a loaf of bread and he blessed it and he broke it. And he gave it to them and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. As often as you do this, remember me. And after that, he took a cup of wine and he poured it out and he passed it around to his disciples he said, take and drink. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many. As often as you do this, remember me. 
And so today, brothers and sisters, as we talk about being uncomfortable, that the cross makes us feel uncomfortable, I would just remind you that the Lord that we follow, the Lord that we serve, the, he, He's the one who knows all about being uncomfortable. Right? He left heaven to come to the earth. Right? He became a human being while remaining God. He was tortured for something that he didn't do. He was violently killed on the cross. Right? Jesus knows what it's like to be uncomfortable. Why does Jesus do it? Because he thinks it's worthwhile. He thinks that you're worthwhile. He thinks that everyone on this planet is worthwhile. That he wants to be in a loving, personal relationship with us. And that when we feel uncomfortable because of our faith, we're in good, we're in good company. And we're on the right track, and we're, we're getting ready to be at a threshold that we're going to break through. So persevere and keep following Jesus wherever it leads you. And know that Jesus is our, our example in that. And through his cross came the victory, right? The cross is not the end. The discomfort, the uncomfortableness is not the end. It leads to something more, right? It leads to the joy and the peace and the, and the, and the resurrection and the life forever and the life to the full now. And so, brothers and sisters, what I'd like to do just is to invite you to join me and pray about this. Gracious and ever-loving God, we thank you that you valued us so much that you were willing to get uncomfortable. That you left the glorious kingdom of heaven to come to the earth. The earth that is good, but also that is broken. That you became a fragile human being while remaining God. That you allowed yourself to be mocked and tortured and, and executed on a cross, not for anything that you did, but because of what we did. Our guilt, our shame, our death, our hell, Lord, you took it upon yourself because you think that we are worthy of that. Not because of what we've done, but because you've created us in your image. So Jesus, thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone to save us. And God, it should not come as a surprise that even as we pursue life eternal, that we pursue life to the full, that that we want to encounter joy in our lives and peace and happiness and even comfort, that as a follower of you, we are called to carry our cross, to deny ourselves, to deny our agenda and substitute it with yours, that we will step out of our comfort zones as you stepped out of your comfort zones because there are people in our world and community who need your good news. And so today, God, we ask you for forgiveness where we have gotten it wrong where we have been ashamed of you and we have kind of kowtowed, Lord, instead to the, the popular decision rather than the right decision, that we've caved into peer pressure rather than standing up for you, God. And so right now, please hear our silent confessions of the ways that we've been ashamed of you, Lord, and we've sought our comfort rather than uh, your discomfort. God, we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you that we don't have to be perfect, that you love us anyway. We thank you, God, that you call us to be ministers with you, that when we are doing the right thing, we will face pressure, but we're not alone. You're there with us, and goodness will come through it, and we will push through it, Lord, and we will make this world a better place. We will help usher in the kingdom of heaven here. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, God, for letting us be a part of that. We pray today, God, that you would take our bread and whatever food that we have to, to offer up as communion, Lord, and bless it and make it symbolically your body broken for us. That you would take whatever we're drinking today, God, and make it also symbolically the blood of Jesus shed for us. 
God, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for pushing us out of our comfort zones. We thank you, God, in the process for making us feel comfortable as we do. It's in the holy name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. You don't have to be a baptized Christian. You don't have to be a member of our church to receive Holy Communion. This is God's gift to you, and it's freely offered. Jesus paid the price for you because you're worth it, and he loves you. And so what I'd like to invite you to do is to open your heart to say, yes, God, I want to follow you. I want to be your follower. I will deny myself. I will take up my cross. I will follow you, Lord, and I know that you will lead me, and I will lead be led by you into life that is full. And so today, brothers and sisters, I invite you to take whatever you have to eat and know that this symbolically is the body of Jesus Christ broken for you. You would take whatever you have to drink and know that this symbolically is the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for you on the cross. Because of the cross, we're uncomfortable. Because of the cross, there is comfort in our discomfort. So brothers and sisters, this week, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. It's in his holy name we pray.